In this podcast, we hosted a Zoom happy hour on April 7th, 2020. We had a guest presenter, Amy Powell. She's a certified culture transformation practitioner with the Barrett Value Center. She showed us how to measure the seven levels of culture and guided us through an exercise to measure culture that you can use in your own life or with your teams or your whole organization. We also have a video of this available on our website if you wanted to see the exercise and person and see some of the diagrams that Amy walks us through. Hope you enjoy. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself and the work that I do. I am a coach and a consultant. So I'm an executive coach, a certified professional executive coach. And, um, and, uh, and I've worked with many organizations in more of a consulting capacity uh, to help them change or improve their cultures. And the thing that I think might be a little bit more appealing about um, uh, the, the tools that are used by the Barrett Value Center is that it, is, it really is an opportunity for you to measure a culture. Um, so you can measure, you can look at, at gaps, and you can look at all sorts of things, and then you can see, set what you think is going to make it improve and, and initiate some things along the way. So you can use this, the Barrett Values tools, you can use it with whole organizations. And I've worked with one organization that had 40,000 employees in Australia, and, um, and we were trying to do a whole culture change program there. But I've also worked with teams, and I just recently worked with a team at Nike um, uh, to uh, help them to figure out what they could do to improve their culture. So um, I actually have a preference for teams, um, and, uh, and I'll come back to that because I, I just don't want to get ahead of myself there. But um, I moved to Portland a few years ago. Um, but I still, most of my clients are in Australia, so I'm very grateful to Zoom <laughs> because it really makes a difference for me. Um, in Australia, every one of my client companies that I, that I have worked with in many, many years has been seriously involved in uh, either lean uh, initiatives or agile initiatives. So I'm really familiar with both of those and I'm familiar with what they do because they talk to me about what they're doing and um, the intention behind the work that you do. So I know what the, the basic intention is. Um, I, uh, I do kind of want to have an opportunity to introduce everybody a little bit more. Uh, we had had a nice chat at the beginning, but I'll probably do that in the middle of the session because there's an exercise that really lends itself to it. So, um, so somewhere in the middle of the session, that would be, uh, that, that's when I'll bring that in. I would also just suggest, and this is not essential, but most of you are on laptops. I think Dave's probably the only one. Oh, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I think Dave is on his phone. I, it, the rest of you look like you're on, on uh, either a laptop or a, a desktop. I, I, if, if possible, if you could have your phone near you, you'll see why. Um, so it's like uh, use, use one for this call and then one to, to look at something else. So. We'll, I'll explain it all as it comes. Um, all right, so I want to first talk about 
why culture matters in this context. And I know Maria said it's something that you talk about a lot. And, um, and I would say that, you know, the, there probably would be a question about, well, what's culture got to do with lean? And what's lean got to do with culture? Is there any overlap or are they different sides of a coin, you know? So, um, so I'd like to get your views on that. But first, before we do that, I just wonder if anybody could just venture um, what they think a, a definition of culture might be. What is a culture of an organization? Well, culture is um, a, the, the set of behaviors, beliefs, and artifacts that demonstrate what people, how people feel about who they are and what they do and um, how they present that to the public or not. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good definition and it's very similar to the definition that the Barrett Values Center uses that, um, that I work with. And um, anybody else have anything that they want to venture out there after that really good definition? Or are we going to run with that one? <laughs> the the simple pretty good. Yeah. I was just going to say it's really the norm that, that's set by the group. Norms, For yeah. Behavior. Yeah. And, and the, the simplest one uh, that people often suggest is it is the way we do things around here. That's what culture is, the way we do things around here. But but that other definition was definitely much more precise. Um, so, uh, so what's the connection between culture and lean to you? What, what would you say? You obviously you turned up to learn a little bit about culture. Why is that important to you? I don't want to work somewhere that has a crappy culture or with a team that it's not enjoyable to be on. Yeah, totally, totally get that. Any, anything else? Because I see another connection. I think it well, makes it difficult me, when there isn't a lot of, when the culture is not good, it makes it really hard for us to do our job of helping them improve. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you were going to say, Dee? Same thing. Yep, exactly. It. That's why I care about it because yeah. I need to figure out how I'm going to have to push or what what kind of um, impediments you're going to have based yeah. on the culture that's set to wherever you're working or the group that you're working with. Yeah. And Ernest, did you want to add, add anything to that? Uh, yeah. In, in, in this improvement uh, work that we do, whether it's lean or, or anything else, um, nothing is going to get done without an understanding of culture. And if we be one of the main things of defining lean is respect for people, we can't do that unless we understand their culture. And that means we need to have the tools and the processes to understand their culture so that we can help them through those changes. Absolutely. Okay, that's really good. Um, so I wanted to share with you about a little bit about my preference for working with teams. However, I totally get that the whole you are involved with whole organizations. Um, but my preference in working about teams comes partly from my own experience, partly from this book by Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall um, called Nine Lies About Work. 
And the first lie in the book is the lie that relates to culture. And that lie is people care about which company they work for. And what they've done is they've done all kinds of research. And what they found is that yes, people care about what company they join when they join it. But once they have joined it, it ceases to be a differentiator in their experience of work. Okay. And so what they say very, very clearly is that the team culture is the culture that matters the most to people. And they say the team is the sun, moon, and the stars of your experience at work. When we push the data and examine closely its patterns and variations, we arrive at this conclusion. While people might care for which company they join, they don't care which company they work for. The truth is, once there, people care which team they are on. So if you are working for um, an organization with a very poor culture, but you're on a great team, you'll complain about that culture, the poor culture, but you probably will stay because you're on a great team. Whereas if you work for a company that's got, you know, knocking the lights out of things on culture measures, but you're working for a team that is toxic and awful, you won't last long, you won't stay long. And um, so that's basically the point of this, why um, there are ways that, I mean, the, and the, unfortunately, a lot of organizations have not picked up on this. I mean, first of all, they haven't even picked up on really doing anything significant about their culture in general. Um, and often it is just kind of tokenism and words. Um, but certainly the more valuable thing that they could do is to take that culture measurement down to the team level and then try to make sure that all of the teams are operating well and then that will uh, build up in like a grassroots sort of thing. So um, how many of you have um, worked on a team that has a toxic culture at some point in your career? have done it. Yeah. And so that's on most people, most groups, there would be more, the majority of people um, have experienced that. And what are some of the behaviors that you experience in a team that has a toxic culture? I'm not going to write them. If, I, if we were together, I'd probably put it all up on a whiteboard, but, but just to just throw it out there. What are some of the things that happened when you were in a team that, that had a toxic culture? There was no trust. We were always, you know, we're always doing, you know, watch your back, yeah. cover your butt, you know, everything. There was just a lot of extra work going on because you didn't know if someone was going to sabotage something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What else? People, people trying to the team and it's work with their own agenda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, on agenda. Yeah. Same. Maria? People were like one up it. A one upping each other all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in environments like that, you know, work is at best happening 
but it is not happening productively. It is not happening smoothly. There are all kinds of things going on that are getting in the way. And this is what, in the tools that I use, we call entropy. Um, the one-upping, the, you know, the, all of those sorts of things that, that go on. Uh, sabotage behind your back, you know, things like that. Um, that's all what they call entropy, which is the degree of friction that exists in an organization that prevents them from doing what they can do as well as they can do it. So it's very important to, to um, recognize that entropy exists. It exists everywhere. It's almost impossible to have zero entropy. Um, but the lower the level of entropy that you can get, and this is one of the measurements that they use, the, the better work will happen, okay? So we're not gonna go into all of that today because when I thought about what would be most useful for you, um, I thought I, what I'd like to do is introduce you to the framework for this tool and let you play with it yourself because um, the, the culture transformation tools measure at three and in fact more than three levels, but they measure at the personal level. So, um, and, and it's all based, what, what, what's, what's so important about this is that it's all based on values, using values as the point of measurement. And by values, what we mean is what we value. So that can be positive. We often think of values as being positive, but they're not always. We can have very negative values like, uh, you know, uh, beating others at any cost, you know, the things like that. You know, we can have very negative values. And, um, and so this, this is a tool that actually measures negative values as well as positive values. Um, so it measures values at a um, personal level, then at a team level, then at an organization level, and they also measure the culture of countries. Um, the Barrett Values Center actually goes into a uh, whole country and measures its values. Um, so I'm not gonna go into that part of it, but it's just interesting to know that it exists and that they have uh, data with, uh, with culture data for countries as well. So when we, when we first started talking about this, I thought it would be great for you to see how brilliant these tools are, recommend these tools to the companies or, or clients you work for um, to help you to have more successful lean initiatives. And that maybe at some point, somebody might wanna get me involved in that, which would be wonderful, but then the world changed. And so what I want to focus on is um, culture is more important than ever in the new world we find our in, ourselves in, and it is harder than ever. It is harder than ever to have a good uh, functional culture in an organization. It's never been easy, and it's harder than ever now. It takes um, commitment, and it takes uh, focus, and, um, and it takes measurement, and it takes follow through, all of the things that, that you know about. Um, but I'd like to introduce you to this framework. I think it's something that could help you now personally, and I think it can help you going forward. 
And if you have a team that you work with, it could help your team too. Okay, so, um, so the tools, as I said, are measured on uh, uh, values. And so the first thing that we're going to do is I'm gonna actually ask you to take the assessment that is the framework for the tools. This is the most basic version. It is a free version that is available online. And I'm gonna put the link in the chat box here. Hopefully that, yep, there it is. So I've put the link in the chat box. What I'd like you to do now um, is to go to that link and it should take you to, uh, you, there should be a place on the page where it says take assessment. It's <clears throat> five minutes. Um, and when you enter your email address uh, to, for them to send the results to, I suggest that you enter an email address that you can see on your phone. So sometimes people have personal phones versus work phones and everything. Um, if it's possible, put the email address and an email address you can see on your phone because I'd like you to be able to look at your results at the same time that we're I'm taking you through the model. Once you've finished the assessment, if you could come into the chat box and say um, submitted, then I'll know that everybody has done it and that I can start explaining the model. It takes about five minutes for the results to come through. So, so five minutes to take the instrument, five minutes for the results to come through. In the results that you got, you have uh, a number of exercises that they are suggesting that you can do. You can do them like not going to do those exercises right now. I just really want you to get familiar with this tool. And um, so I want to go through this, which explains the seven levels of consciousness, which is what this whole thing is based on. So when you look at the bottom of this, which you cannot see because I need to move this chair. Okay. All right, so when you look at the bottom of this little picture that I have here, you've got three levels that probably look familiar to many of you. If you ever did a Psych 101 class, so um, it, you would have learned in Psych 101, you would have learned about Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. Okay, so that is the basis of this model, is Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. So a couple of areas have been condensed and then some have been added. And um, so that's what I want to share with you. So the bottom level of the hierarchy of human needs is the level of survival. And you may find that given what is going on right now, you may find that you've got some values in survival that you might not have had a month ago. You might not have been as conscious of it, as, uh, of how important it was, but right now this is, this is something that is high on our checklists at the moment. Then level two, um, so survival has to do with uh, uh, your, your health, um, your safety. Uh, it has to do with uh, getting a paycheck. And all organizations have to uh, have this as well. So what I want to kind of emphasize is that survival has a personal component 
but it also has an organizational component. So when we're measuring people's values, they, they parallel organizational values. Organizations are like a big person. And so organizations have survival needs. They have the health and safety of their workers as being one of their, their um, uh, organizational values. They have um, uh, the values of, um, uh, yeah, the of profit. Yeah, of making, you know, making a profit, businesses making a profit. So it's satisfying our physical and survival needs. Now at the survival level, there's a fear that comes in and that's probably what many of us have experienced. Um, and that fear, that fear generally is, I am not safe enough or I don't have enough. Okay, I'm not safe enough or I don't have enough. Those are the, that's that base level of survival. So you have values that are related to that at that level. Okay. At the second level, you have a level of relationships. And this is like your basic relationships, your relationships with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers. At work, this is, I know what my job is. You know what your job is. We have a mutual understanding. We know when we need to talk to each other about this and we can do that. So it's a, it's a pretty basic level of relationship. It's not necessarily saying we have deep, a deep relationship here, but we can, we can work together. Okay. Then when you get into fear in relationship, the fear that comes at that second level is the fear that I am not loved enough or cared for enough. And when that comes in, then that can bring out some negative behaviors. It can cause us to manipulate other people. It can cause us to, um, uh, it can cause organizations to manipulate. So I was just um, looking, for, looking for, so for the personal uh, level, it's, uh, you know, maybe it, people are too em um, emphasizing being liked as being most important. So they compromise some of themselves because they want to be liked, okay? So that's at the second level, the level of relationships. Both of these are very important. Every level here is very important, okay? The third level is the level of self-esteem. And for an individual, this has to do with how we feel about ourselves, how good we feel about ourselves, and whether or not we have a sense of self-worth. And the fear that can come in there is that I am not enough. Okay, so the first one is I don't have enough. Second one is I'm not cared for enough. The third one is I'm not enough. Now, everybody has experienced these feelings and it, it, it comes through at various times in your life and we get tripped back to those feelings when bad things happen at times. So um, in an organization, self-esteem level looks a little bit different. And this is where a lot of the work that you are probably doing, the processes work in an organization comes in because this is about, do we have the best systems? Do we have the best processes? Can we make everything work, you know, in a, in a really efficient way? You know, are we doing everything we can do? So that's um, at that self-esteem level. So all of these have elements of fear, 
And at the fourth level, which um, Maslow referred to this as self-actualization. Now, in, in the Barrett Value Center, they consider all of these to be self-actualization above this level. They're just different levels of it. And um, one of the things that you'll see that if you read much about Maslow and Maslow's life, you'll see that um, he, he actually was uh, formulating some new theories towards the end of his life. And, uh, and, he, and he had, um, he, had, he called it uh, transcendentalism. So that was a whole movement at that time, but tra being transcendent, having transcendent values. And uh, so that's what these values above this level are. Transformation is the link between the, the, the self-care values, the self-care values and the other care values, caring for others. So transformation is a point at which we let go of fear. So there's no fear associated above this, above this level. There's no fear. And um, so at transformation, this is your level where you're learning, you're growing, you're, you're uh, being courageous, you're doing things that perhaps you wouldn't have done before. Some of the values that are associated with that are accountability, adaptability, um, balance between home and work, continuous learning, courage, all of those values. And, um, and I imagine most of you probably have received your reports now, and so you're starting to see. So um, who has some, some values at the transformation level that they can share with us? So that would be, that would be I'm trying to like just figure out the chart oh, here. So yes. on the results section, there's like a grid, a pyramid looking thing, but then the values are listed below. So if they correspond with that number four. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Okay. So those are all values that are just, say, it's starting to get a lot more fun when you start to get to level four. It's like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going to do this. Um, and then we move to level five, which is internal cohesion. And internal cohesion for a person means to what extent am I walking my talk? To what extent am I living the life I want to live and being, and, and am I being the person I want to be? Now, there's a carryover again for the organizational side because um, internal cohesion level five for an organization is to what extent are we walking our talk? To what extent are we being the kind of organization we say we are? You know, so it's it's those kinds of values. It's it, like, have we got that? So, anybody want to share a value that they've got at level five? I think fairness is the value that I see the most in people. That's a really important value to a lot of people. Um, so. Then we move to the value of making a difference. And this is where organizations start falling away. You know, they're not necessarily there to make a difference. There is a lot of um, uh, support for organizations to do that. And people want to work for organizations that are trying to make a difference in some way. Um, so it's about making a positive difference in the world. And, um, and for you, it's what difference can I make with life? 
So uh, anybody have a level five value or level six value there? This is where we start seeing fewer of them. Who has a level six value that they can share with us? But this is where we are starting to work with partners. This is, these values are often very collaborative. You can't do these things by yourself, but you can partner with people and work towards a higher level goal. Yeah. What else? Somebody else had something. It can be internal to the organization. It can be uh, with a community organization or with the community in general, but making a difference often comes up there. Now level seven is the level of pure service. It is selfless service. And, um, um, and you know, it, it's things like compassion um, and uh, humility is one of those. Wisdom is one of those. And uh, what I find is that a lot of organizations don't have anything up here in their values, but they, once they learn about this, they start to aspire to do that. So I'll just ask, does anybody have a level seven value? Okay, compassion, yes. Mm -hmm. So that's a level seven value. So I think that making a difference can be kind of selfish service because um, uh, often there are service values in there, but it's kind of like, hmm. well, yeah, but I got to make money from it. You know? So, um, so yeah, I'm going to pull this back now. I, I want to tell you what you might want to do at this point. So, you can, if, if you're using this with a team, you can, that is a free um, link and you could ask other people to complete that if you wanted to um, and just see what the rest of your team uh, values and have a, have a conversation. It's a good, a good conversation opener. If you're actually wanting to go into more depth with this, this is actually a very sophisticated instrument when you take it beyond this. And um, you can use the values associated with these levels and the organizational levels, um, as I said, to measure the current culture of your team or organization. But also, at the same time, we also ask them, what is the desired culture? So what you get, you actually get a, um, it's got three across that all look like this. And the first one on the left is, uh, these are the personal values of the people on this team. Okay, so the thing that you did today is the personal values. The second one in the middle is, these are the values of this organization as it is operating right now. And this is where you start to see some not so pretty values coming into things because this is if there, if there are gaps, if there are culture problems, culture issues, they tend to come out in that middle chart. These are the values of this organization as it operates right now. And, um, and it might be uh, holding on, hoarding information. It might be, you know, one-upmanship. It might be uh, bullying. It might be all kinds of things. There's, there's many, many, uh, when people go to complete it, they have the options to have values that are pretty and values that aren't so pretty. And then the third one over here that we have is, um, the third one is the, these are the values 
that our organization needs to have if we were to be as successful as we possibly could be. This is an extraordinary thing because you start to see that everybody understands what the values need to be. And there's, a, a, there's such a, um, a, a shared ownership of those values and what they think the values need to be for the organization to be successful. And then what that gives us is it gives us gaps between the middle one, the way it is now, and the way that people think it should be to be successful. And it always spits out some no-brainers. This is what needs to change. This is what needs to change. And once you know what needs to change, then yes, you can bring a consultant in and have them say, okay, here's great ways to change this. And you can also ask your people. Because as you know, as lean consultants, the people have the answers. They know the answers. They can tell you the answers. And, um, and, it's, and, it's, a, and it's a really wonderful thing to follow up that survey with information to them and then say, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? They know. And, um, and so uh, then it also gives you a measure of the entropy of the organization, which is the sum of the negative values. And the entropy, as I said before, is the measure of friction that prevents you from getting things done. And once you understand, oh, good, bye, Terry. <laughs> okay. And once you understand that, um, then uh, uh, you can work on getting that friction down. And that many of the, your initiatives will, in fact, when, when you work on this, you lower your friction. And um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic instrument, and I'm really happy to go over it in detail. I've got another uh, instrument that I could do with anybody who thinks that their organization might be interested in it. So just let me know. Um, I'll send you um, a link for the, this personal values assessment. I'll also send you uh, how to contact me for more information. Um, but I also thought that there was one more thing that I wanted to share with you, and I can send this to you too, but even if you weren't going to do a survey, yeah, maybe you can't right now. Maybe it's just like not something your organization would ever be interested in, and that's true right now. What I did was I put together a list of questions around each level that you could just do a phone survey and call people and ask for their responses to these questions. So, um, so what, what you might say, these, and I, I will send this to you. I'll send it to Maria and she can send it on to you. Um, but for example, for safety and security, you know, are, are you healthy and safe? Um, do you feel that you and your team members have financial stability to get through things right now? You know, are you okay, basically? Relationships level, is the team showing enough care for each other? What do we need to do to create stronger bonds? What could we, how could we achieve that? How could we achieve stronger bonds? Um, level three, self-esteem. Okay, using the definition that has more to do with 
you know, have we got the right systems and processes, which is your specialty, but are we working efficiently at this time? Okay, because a lot of teams are not working efficiently at this time. What could make us more efficient? Do our team members have what they need to do their jobs well? Are our systems adequate for these times? You know, what else might we need? Um, and then uh, level four transformation, it might be, are people on the team able to learn and grow right now? Um, are we all sharing and taking accountability? I mean, ask people that question. Are, are we all sharing and taking accountability? Um, do team members have the balance that they need right now? Um, and how could we help if they don't? And then uh, internal cohesion here. Do we have clarity about what we're doing and commitment to that? Are we encouraging creativity right now? And, um, and do team members trust each other? That came up, I think, Nicole, you said something about trust or earlier, it might've been somebody else. But do team members trust each other and do they trust the people who are leading them? And um, then level six, making a difference. Are we making a difference to the business, to our stakeholders, to the community? Are we encouraging people to prioritize their well-being? And then level seven, the level of service. How are we serving others at this time? Should we be doing more? How could we do, do more? And are we making the world better in some way for future generations? How could we do that? And I heard that from Valerie earlier, you know, feeling like we could come out the other side of this actually making the world better for future generations. So, so these are all questions that you don't need to have a survey. A survey is great. A survey is wonderful because everybody owns it. And everybody, you know, you can, you can say, this is what management thinks. This is what middle level thinks. This is what, you know, uh, frontline workers think. And, um, and you'll find that there is such, uh, it comes together beautifully and you've got buy-in on the changes that need to happen in your organization. And it's, uh, it's really extraordinarily powerful. And uh, so yes, I wanted to share that with you. If there's anybody who wants to know more, just please let me know. I'm very happy to share more with you. And I hope that you'll be able to utilize the tool that I gave you today um, with your team, with your family, with anybody that might benefit from it. Thank you. Mute myself. Yeah, thank you, Amy. That was great information. Um, yeah, so I know, um, well, I know the sun is still out and uh, we have some, people have some walking to do. Um, so I'll make this kind of short, but is there any other um, Quest, just general purpose questions that anyone wants to bring up to the group or anything we want to share before we sign off. Well, I thank you all for joining this evening on our sunny evening. I think this was, um, Amy, thank you so much for all of the information that you shared. I think that's really valuable. I mean, I, I know this is really valuable and I can't wait to use it with some group that I'm working with. Um, and I hope to see you around. 
And I hope to see all of you again in another Lean Portland thing, whatever that might be. I think we're going to continue to do the happy hours um, online. So we'll try to find some more interesting content. And if you have any requests, feel free to send those to leanportland at gmail.com.